Hello, and welcome to Glowing Weak Point, the show where we chat about animation, comics, and games. And I am your host as always, John, and with me, my co-host... Wombat! That's right, Wombat's here, as always, because this this is never gonna not happen. Uh, Unless the, the show itself just doesn't happen. Yeah. <clears throat> So, uh, yeah. What's your glowing weak point? Oh, no. We're just going to jump right into this. Yeah, you, you just jump right into glowing weak point. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one, if I'm being honest. My girlfriend left yesterday to go to Cancun, so I'm in the house all oh. by myself. She's pulling a uh, Ted Cruz? Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, it's not a horrible winter freeze, and she's not... A senator for the largest state in the continental United States. Uh, but yeah, she went to Cancun. Mm. For a, I'm sorry. Anytime someone mentions going to Cancun from now on, that's the only thing I'm going to think of. I, as <laughs> it should be. A- anytime anyone says they're going to Cancun, all people should just remember that Ted Cruz is a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ted Cruz also also has gotten one of my favorite books on the bestsellers list this week. That's my glowing weak point. Yeah. Here we go. He got the end of policing onto the bestsellers list by complaining about it. (laughs) (laughs) Waving around a book he has never read. 100% never read. Never even cracked open, probably. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, it's a fantastic book about the history and brutality of police in the United States. Mm. Uh, and about what we could do better than having police. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's called yeah. The End of Policing. Because it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't just, like, say, hey, they're bad. It offers, like, really, really nuanced solutions Yep. Yeah. What about you, John? What's your glowing weak point? I had my mom and dad over the other day. Um, I don't spend a whole lot of time with my family outside of the what feels like weekly uh, family events. (laughs) I know it's not, but it, it feels like... To me, who's an introvert and doesn't like uh, spending time with anyone, uh, that it's pretty much just every other day that someone has a birthday or it's some major holiday or something. Right. We all have to get together. Um, But that's not actually true. It's like once, maybe twice a month. Um, And so I was like, well, I just finished my craft room putting it together. And, uh, I might as well just invite my mom over maybe like once a month and we can, we can come over and do crafts and stuff. And, and so she came over and we reupholstered my chairs, my kitchen chairs, which is fantastic because they were awful before, um, I like that so, yeah. having having a thing to do. Also, like I don't like yeah. when it's just like, "Hey, come over," and we're just gonna sit here and 
do not chat awkwardly. Yeah, like yeah. Here's a thing we're gonna be doing, even if it's just like like I'm a proponent of doing chores with friends and family members. Just like mm-hmm. come over and help somebody do their laundry. Go over and yep. like go grocery shopping. Do that. That's mm-hmm. a fun thing you can do with your friends and family. I agree. Yeah. Um so yeah. Uh did that and then <laughs> I I kinda did a two for one thing. Uh my dad came over that evening while my mom was still there. I went and picked her up, so he came by and um and we did a I I basically paid him back for helping me rebuild the craft room. Um, cause he's the one who's been helping me with all the closet work and, uh, putting in a new closet. And so I offered to cook for them and my suggestion was one of two meals, either beef Wellington or steak tartare, which are probably the two best things I've ever made. Okay. Um, and at one point I had made beef wellington and i invited uh my mom and dad over to have it because like i've got this giant beef wellington i made on a whim because i wanted to make beef wellington and uh my work had given me gift cards so it wasn't like oh la di da i can just pay for beef wellington whenever i want no i i had i had gift cards that i had to use up before you know they went bad or something so so i you know blew a bunch on buying the ingredients um so i had you know just basically out of nowhere made a beef wellington was like well this is too much for two people so i'll invite people over invited my mom and dad my dad happened to be on a hiking trip right then and i didn't know (laughs) so my mom came and she loved it and my dad came back that night they weren't he wasn't supposed to come back until the next day but they had, like, just pushed through and didn't stay an extra night. And he called while she was here. And he was like, oh, I'm on my way. And she was like, oh, well, you're missing out on a great meal. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry so up if you been, want some. Yeah, that's been eating away at him for, like, two years now. The fact that he missed uh, it was, Beef Wellington. Yeah. Because uh, I know it was during COVID. I, I remember we ate in our garage or we don't have a garage our carport um because you know we wanted to stay distant and be outside so right you know we wouldn't catch covid or give covid uh so yeah he asked for for beef wellington because that's been eating away at him and uh it was delicious i actually finished up the last of it for brunch i guess before i jumped on the podcast Okay. Yeah. That's my glowing weak point. Cool. Spending time with family and eating fan-fucking-tastic food. (laughs) Nice. All right. I want fantastic food. So, here's... We don't always do this little mini-section. Have you read anything new this week? Um, There's a reason I bring this up. Read something? No. But... I did get, uh, I, I got the, the two Gorillaz albums that I did not have this week. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't have Plastic Beach 
So I got, uh, my my girlfriend asked me while she was, like, shopping on Amazon, like, hey, you want anything? And I was like, I mean, it'd be nice to have Plastic Beach. So I got Plastic Beach. Um, nice. And then I was in a game store, and this game store also sells vinyls. And then there was, I saw a Gorillaz vinyl, and I'm like, I haven't heard of this. And it's, a, the I guess, an album they put out in 2020 that I missed because of, you know, the world yeah. going to shit. Um, mm-hmm. called Song Machine Season 1 or whatever. And I haven't had the chance to listen to it yet, but I'm excited to. But I did listen okay. to Plastic Beach, That's... and Plastic Beach is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I... We're... <clears throat> we're almost at the end of the season. Uh-huh. And, uh... We, we've already decided what light novel we're going to pick up for next season. Oh, I'm and... not excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went ahead and got all three. As you because, do. Because, you know, as I do, it's just easier to just one burst to do it. Um, it'll be interesting once you read them to find out what you think. Because... I'm I'm about a the third of the way through the first book. Okay. And I hit a hard stop. Yeah. Like 80, 80 pages in where I went wow, like that happened. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not going to like the series that you picked out. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. I was already worried uh, you were t- you were messaging me on Discord. You were like, "This book is as thick as Sword Art Online Progressive One. All three of these books are as thick as they're not. I mean, they are, but they're not because I I cracked open my book because I got the first book, and it's like okay. double spaced like, like a children's book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about a hundred pages less." Uh, actually, than the other one, or fifty to one hundred. I don't remember what it what it is, but yeah, they they're just thick books. They're not long. It's a bunch of wasted paper. It's as thick as a saga yeah. of Tanya the Evil book, but saga of Tanya the Evil is like single spaced <laughs> and in tiny font, and this is in big font, double spaced. Yeah. Not as difficult to read. <laughs> yeah. And, and now, uh, 80 pages in, that's like, that. that's barely into the book at all, <laughs> considering that. Well, 80 pages is, is a third of the book. It's It may be even a little bit more than a third of the book. Okay. But yes, it's not that big of a time investment. To, to get to the um, point where shit hits the fan. Yeah, where where I go, oh for fuck's sake! <laughs> Do, I mean, does it involve an underage girl? I don't know her age yet, <laughs> but I do know that it's supposed to be in the teens. Okay, <laughs> we got ourselves an invincible shovel on our hands. Hmm. You know, I don't I'm I'm trying to remember. The the way I explained it to my 
my wife is that like a lot of the books we've read and that I have on my shelf at this point are horny books. Uh-huh. I mean, light novels they're, they're just, just as a rule are very horny. Yeah, they're they're horny books. This one it's it's hard to call it a horny book cuz it it's not like I mean, having it's not looked really at the, trying. having looked at the illustrations at the front of the book, I will say it's a horny book. Uh, there's yeah, there's an outfit yeah, that, a character is wearing that is basically just straps across her body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's within the first eighty pages. Okay, um, that there's not a whole lot of horniness in this book. But then it just out of left field is like, and then they fuck. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I, I don't, I don't want to go too far into it because, like, that's that's next season's thing, and like, yeah, which which we're about to switch to. It's either this week or next week is the the last week of this season. It really, it's next. Should have been. It really should have been this week, because, like, aren't we switching on the equinox and solstice? No, what? No. We're just switching at the start we're going of... seasonal. We're just start... No, we're not. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Okay. <laughs> that was what we agreed on in the beginning. I did not agree you know, to the equinox and solstice. <laughs> That's that's what I said was we'll go based off of the seasons, but I th- you said anime um, seasons. Yeah, which mostly follow the the actual seasons. <laughs> um. All right. So. All right, we're we're, we got, we're we're gonna do a few a few things today because we don't have much in anything to talk about. Oh no 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 no! We have we're 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 just gonna talk about news. Oh. That's fine. Are you uh, sure? We, that's all we need to talk about. Because I've got more shit to talk about. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're we're not done with the intro yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we haven't made it to part one. Okay. Um, I'm I'm not sure so anymore yeah. whether I want this to be a video game anime nerd podcast or if if we're just making the move to uh, this is life. <laughs> just just yeah, a, well, a lifestyle <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no no don't want to do that uh so talk about your workout regimen this last week we uh <laughs> talk about my workout where the fuck did that come from <laughs> lifestyle man that like i was trying to get to the next thing and then you hit me with that and i'm like what wait, wait. What? <laughs> um Yeah, so <laughs> here I am. I'm just living my life and uh you know, we're we're working on a puzzle, my wife and I in the other room. And you know, it's we're sitting there just doing the thing. Uh, you want to put something on? Sure. Let's throw on a podcast. So you know, I throw on a podcast and, and finish that. Then you know, we're still working on the puzzle. So I'm like, well, I know what. We just recorded a couple things on uh, on Glowing Week Point, and they should be up at this point. So I went on, and, and, you know, last week was a little weird. We didn't 
we kind of threw something together at the last minute because neither of us were in the mood. Um, and and so we did a trailer for the show and we did the um, we read The Eye of Argon, which was very fun to do. Yes. And then but I'm like, you know, let's let's just see what the trailer's like. So I hit play on the trailer. And what do I hear but um, a completely unedited <laughs> dog shit audio for me. <laughs> no music in the beginning. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, so Wombat, would you like to explain why you basically just took the audio that we both recorded and then slapped the two together at the clap mark? <laughs> And then print, hit publish. Because if that's our trailer, then no reason. There's no fucking way anyone will listen to this podcast. I did not listen to it at all. It's utter dog shit. leave, Leave it up for another week. Leave it up for another week so that people can listen to it and understand what we're talking about in this one. And then delete that forever <laughs> because it is one of the worst things I've ever heard on the internet. Like, <laughs> like if we leave that up, we are fuck-facing ourselves. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't realize I was supposed to put music in there. Yes! It's just a trailer! I know! Which means you add the music to it! (laughs) Have you listened to a trailer before for a podcast? No, I don't listen to the trailers for podcasts. They have the music. (laughs) Ugh. Alright, I can fix it. It's okay, I can fix it. It's easy enough. And I've still got it around. No, we have to re-record it because my audio is the worst i mean did you listen to another episode because it might just be that your audio is always shit yeah i it it very well could be which is why i changed my audio (laughs) so wow man i that was the one of the worst things i've ever heard in my life and i I, we listened to like 30 seconds of it (laughs) and we both went no no we we can't listen to this anymore what the fuck did Wombat do? <laughs> he took the easy way out. Yeah, clearly. As he often does. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm worried about. All the other episodes do have the music. All, all episodes have okay. the opening and ending music. I've kind of stopped using the transition music, to be honest. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I would, I would really only use that to go into and out of the mid-roll, and we don't do that because we don't have ads or anything, so... Yeah, it, it used to be what separated, like, the different parts from each other, but uh, I just didn't see the point in it anymore. It, it honestly kind of flows Correct. better if we just jump from one to the next. I agree. Yeah. I told you that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I, uh, uh, you did, and I had already stopped using transition music like a month before that. Why'd you argue with me then? Because <laughs> I like arguing. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> clearly. Clearly. Oh. Man. All uh, right. I'm sorry about the Do trailer. Do you want to get into the actual actual podcast now? Sure, maybe. Why not? I guess. Who cares? Hey, we got some news to talk about. I'm going to hit mine up first. Okay. Um, so, uh, the Witcher director for the new Witcher game. Hey, by the way, that's news. There's going to be a new Witcher game, and I don't think it's following Geralt. We just don't know. Um, we don't know at all. Yeah. There's no information. It's got... Uh, yeah, it's got a medallion for a different um, school of the witchers in the front of it. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, but the the director for the new Witcher game says that there will not be crunch under his watch, despite the fact that uh, CD Projekt Red has a massive history of some of the worst crunch. Yeah. Um defending said crunch to the death yeah uh so this is just a kind of a we're throwing this out there of they said there won't be any crunch let's see what happens in another three or four years right i'm giving let's let's i'm giving this guy the benefit of the doubt because he hasn't directed one of the games before um he was like the lead he directed gwent he directed <laughs> I don't count that. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's basically just the lead designer for the previous games, and now he's getting to direct one. So so he hasn't had the management under his, his leadership before. So it's yeah. possible that he's coming into it with, I don't want to do crunch, you know? So, uh, yeah. but again, we'll see. Yeah, this this is just a, a kind of a note we're going to throw out there. That's right, and March 23rd or something, the Witcher director said there will be no crunch on CD Projekt Red. And uh, we'll see what the, whether that's true or not in another four yeah, years. Yeah, a little telltale sign, like, uh, glowing weak point <laughs> will remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Then, uh, also about The Witcher, uh, they're switching to a new engine, and, uh, different from all the times I've said in the past where that's always a bad idea, this one might not be the worst move, because they're switching from Red Engine, which is a modified version of Obsidian's Aurora Engine that they've done all in-house, to Unreal Engine. And guess what? Everyone uses Unreal Engine, and everyone knows how to use Unreal Engine, and if they need something to happen in Unreal Engine, they can ask Unreal, and they'll work on it. Like, sometimes... Instead of them having to do it all in-house. Uh, sometimes you do just have to use a new engine. Like, like for example, yeah. if Bethesda just uses the fucking Obsidian Engine again for the Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> That, that's gonna be a shitty game it's gonna be a shitty game cause it's like it will it's it, it's like two decades old at this point point. <laughs> yeah. and maybe you should update yeah. and they will yeah. they will and the Elder mm. Scrolls 6 is gonna be a shit game <laughs> yeah so so, yeah. so if, if the if you're using a, a dated engine 
you do just need to update. And I, I think that's part of this move, because they've been using that other engine for quite a few games now, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, the, the red engine is what you're talking about, right? It's what? You're, you're talking about Red Engine by CD Projekt yes. Red? Yeah, they, they did that for The Witcher 3 and for um, Cyberpunk. And they're still going to be using it for the Cyberpunk expansion coming out later this year. Of course. But, but you know, which, I mean, yeah, of course you have to. I mean, they're not going to switch everything over. That would be insane. But, you know, for new things, they can do that. And it's also just kind of weird to use an in-house en- engine, like, because CD Projekt Red is a big company, but I don't think it's that big to be yeah. to be warranting an in-house engine. I mean, and it's just a modified other engine, but still, yeah. And, and that's that's it's weird for me to say that because as a game developer, my my strong suit is actually in engine design. Um, for for every game that I created in um, in college, for for college projects and stuff, um, every single one of them had a different engine that I built from the ground up, um, and I I like the control of that. That that's my personal thing is I like having the control of what can I do in a game. I get to decide that, not the engine. And, uh, so that's, that's just my personal thing is I like making my own engine so that everything I need is in there and it can't tell me what I can't do. Cause all the engine, like unreal engine, there are things you can't do in it. Um, there are things you can't do in, in any engine and you have to work around that. Uh, I don't because I just make an engine and it does the thing I want. And and that's why they make these engines for, you know, this engine doesn't do, you know, there isn't an engine on the market that'll do what I want, so I'll just make one. Right. But it's, I mean, as someone who does have that of they've always made their own engine for their games, I can understand when <laughs> why it's a bad idea as well. <laughs> because... Sure, there are a lot of bugs, and you have to fix the bugs. <laughs> Whereas, if you're using Unreal, Unreal just works. Listen, there's a lot of reasons why indie developers start with, like, RPG Maker. <laughs> yeah, yes. Because RPG Maker just works. Yeah. There's a lot you cannot do in RPG Maker, and I hate it as an engine because it is so constricting but it just works yeah like there's a reason why it comes out like like every two years with a new version of it because it's it it just (laughs) it does the thing it needs to yeah yeah i think i think i've only got two different versions of it okay so tell me tell me about the uh the stand with ukraine bundle Hey, uh, the, the, there's a stand with the Ukraine bundle on Humble Bundle. So uh, basically, Russia bad, Ukraine good. Donate. 
uh geek games yeah i mean there's a lot more nuance to that but we can we can we can narrow it down to that (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so as of the release of this you've got a little bit less than a day to get it because we're coming out late because shit happened behind the scenes but like there's some really good games in here like i mean you can get spyro you can get satisfactory i hear lots of good things about satisfactory um, you can get some on the nose games like this war of mine. Um, uh, I mean, Kerbal Space Program's in here. Starbound, which is a fantastic game, is in here. Uh, so there's there's a lot of really really good games you can get, and uh, it all goes to yeah, a hundred percent is donated to Ukraine. Yeah. I- so a lot of the the humble bundles you like you get to pick what goes to humble and what goes to the developers and all the developers of these games have just said no, we don't want any money from this. Please just donate it all. And it's it's a hundred and twenty five games or hundred twenty five pieces of content. So there's. Uh, game assets and and rpg maker vx is in here um (laughs) but uh it's it's worth over twenty five hundred dollars and they're just giving it away to ukraine basically for ukraine and it's over it's almost 17 million dollars raised for ukraine is vx the newest one i think so no mz is the newest one vx is one of the most popular though Oh, okay because I have MV. Yeah, the, I, okay, yeah. Uh, MZ is the newest. I'd say VX and Ace are the two most popular. Okay. Um, or VX, Ace, and XP. RPG Maker XP. Was that for Windows XP? Um, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little bummed out I didn't get to talk about the uh, itch bundle for Ukraine before it stopped being yeah. sold. It was a really cool one. It yeah. had Skatebird and CrossCode on it. Yeah. yeah. I've heard good things, or I, I've watched Skatebird before, and it, it looks like I mean, fun. I'll never play it because it looks like shit, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a meme game, you know. Huh. It, it, it looked rad to me. And I think rad is what they were going for. <laughs> All right, tell me about Stephen Willite. Okay, so Stephen Willite was the inventor of the GIF, the uh, graphics interchange format image. Um, and he died of COVID on March 14th. Um, mm. Like, uh, apparently he did invent the gif all by himself he he like invented it at home and then took it into work after he had already perfected it so nice this is one of the rare instances where like a person did just invent the thing yeah (laughs) yeah usually when we say someone created something it means that they were the head of the team or they're at least uh, on a you know high up in the team of people but it is a team of people that invent things but like it's occasionally it is just and this dude made the gif yeah like he just invented the gif or as he would pronounce it the gif gif yes 
<laughs> I just learned today that the inventor of the GIF really thought it should be pronounced GIF. You just learned that today? Yeah. That's been pop culture on the internet for I mean, a decade or I've plus. I've known there yeah. was a fight about it. I didn't realize that the inventor of the thing itself was on the wrong side of it. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong side. Yeah. I mean, listen. It's the graphics interchange format. Gr- graphics. Why would it then yes. be sh- uh, shortened to GIF? You know? I'm, it's a valid way of pronouncing it. I, I disagree. GIF is for peanut butter. GIF is for the image format. <laughs> but yeah. I it, don't care. It's a... It's just another loss of a really talented person with a lot of influence on society, and we lost him to COVID. Yep. Sad. Yeah. Mm. Um, and in our last news, we'll we'll just make fun of Ubisoft here a little bit. Ubisoft thinks that its games should be even bigger. Uh, yeah, its games are pretty big. Uh, unnecessarily so, and filled with pointless bullshit. And and now they've got this new technology they're calling Scalar, which will supposedly allow its teams to create even bigger worlds than what's currently possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, here's the thing, is that I know people who really like these games that are just absurdly large. I mean, I live with a person who uh, loves every single, like, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, whatever release. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, I read through, I, at least I, I kind of skimmed through this article before, uh, the recording. I, I kind of hate the top comment. Um, oh, because they're, they're mentioning how it's a uh, the, the the top comment on this article is that it's a uh, they're already not touching touching Valhalla despite loving Assassin's Creed because it's so daunting and disrespectful of my time. There, Ubisoft is a garbage company that's treating its employees like shit. Yes. Um, but it's not disrespecting your time. You're just an idiot for not realizing that their games have tons of tiny things in them, and that's the way they make their games. Like, And people love that. Now, you might not, and Assassin's Creed might not be for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think Ubisoft is... <laughs> disrespecting your time <laughs> like and you know the the fact that they can make these games bigger cool it is it is cool that that they can use this um technology that way because it's basically the same technology that stadia is and that the uh game streaming from steam and uh game pass are yeah um which uh, are all fantastic things 
Except uh, they're taking it a different route. You won't be able to stream your game to a different thing, although you probably still will through the aforementioned Stadia and Game Pass and etc. Uh, but they're they're using the technology inside of their games. So it's the same streaming technology, except they're streaming from their servers into your game. So your computer doesn't have to be able to run seven Skyrims at once. It just has to be able to run one and have the internet connection for six other Skyrims at once. <laughs> and uh, and that's that's really cool technology. And here's why I don't think they're going to get too much bigger is because the larger your game is, the more time and people it takes to make it. I mean, not if like, you're just you, 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 copy-pasting the same bandit camp across the the field every time. True, but, I mean, they're going to get shit on for that. <laughs> you, you, you at least have to have, like, 30 or 40 of the same... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they already do so that you can <laughs> yeah and, and they already I'm, I'm sure that they they only have uh you know that that every single bandit camp is rotated or something and uh put in a different place at least one more time um everything's duplicated at least once but like w even with that like you you've got it takes time to put something in a place and then to test it and we know Ubisoft doesn't test very well, but like every single time this happens, it just is going to make the game worse by it not being tested still. Um, <laughs> so like if they go too much bigger, it, the game's going to take significantly longer. Um, it's going to take uh, more people and it's going to have to bring in more sales because of that so there's there's a uh scaling that has to happen there where they they gotta determine what they can get away with um because if if they make it too big then they can only release one game every two years or <laughs> And then the company will die, which might be a good thing. So, going back to the the disrespectful of my time comment, uh, mm -hmm. I don't I don't think that just having a big world and filling it with pointless bullshit is disrespectful of time. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's disrespectful to your intelligence. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's. Uh, but it's not disrespectful of your time. That being said, Ubisoft does disrespect your time in these newer games. And that's mostly through the inclusion of microtransactions that will give you, like, experience yeah. boosters and, and like, like, things that make rare drops happen more, more easily and shit. Like, they, they mm -hmm. pump their games full of that. So if you don't play with that on, they are, you are wasting your time. Yeah, like that—that that is true, and that might be part of where that comment comes from. Um, and as far as the design philosophy of 
of Ubisoft games. I just, I think we as a society have progressed past it. I think there was a time (laughs) when it was like the thing. And that time was around like Mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Far Cry 3. Like, that was the time when everybody was like, yes, this is what I want. And now we're just past it, you know? And Ubisoft is just like, what if I keep beating this same dead horse? I know it's just a pile of muscle and bone at this point. But what if I just keep wailing on it, you know? I I mean... It's, it's pretty telling if you look at what games media is actually talking about Ubisoft games because people people said lots of really nice things about Black Flag. Even though Black Flag was mostly just enjoyed for the pirate ship simulator. I enjoyed Black um, Flag. Yeah, which, I mean, that's... It's, it's a good pirate ship simulator. Yeah. Um, and then people made fun of their uh the french revolution one and people made fun of the american revolution one people made fun of the london one and i don't think people even remember syndicate happened <laughs> it, that's 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 the london one yes right? <laughs> yeah yeah see i don't the i don't <laughs> that's why i i'm like i don't i could tell you something about the french one I can't tell you anything about the other. I mean, thing. I can tell you like one thing one... about Unity, and that's that Unity had co-op and it sucked. See, the only thing I can tell you about Unity is that uh, they fucked up faces, and faces would invert and looked. Oh like, yeah, uh, all the graphical bugs. Like Eldritch horrors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So like that. The last two games I know of that were good were the Egyptian one. Uh, Odyssey was the Greek one. Origins. Origins. I heard so much good about Origins. Which is crazy, because I'd I'd say Origins is the same as Odyssey in this next one. Yeah, it was the start start of this, this bullshit. Yeah, but... People, like, I heard so much of games media in love with it that weren't getting paid for it. Like, like I, I, I can, I know which people are getting paid for reviews and stuff and which people are just natively giving a, a good review because they genuinely liked it. Um, and people loved Origins that, like, Ubisoft games. Um, Which I have no idea why, because that was the last one I even attempted to play, and I got sick of it after five hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people really liked that one. And then before that, it's just Black Flag. So we're talking like five games in between. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, like, it, it was legit, like... And even Black Flag came after a game that people didn't like. Because that came after the American Revolution game. That came after Assassin's Creed did 3. It? Okay. Yeah. And people okay. people did not like Assassin's Creed 3. I didn't like Assassin's yeah. Creed 3, and I beat it. <laughs> yeah, and I know I'm unfair here a bit, because I don't like Assassin's Creed 1, much less 
any of the ones after. Oh, well, nobody likes one anymore. I, I, I don't like the games, the, the series at all. Um, but, like, I'm just going based off of what I hear other people talking about. And I hear people talking about Brotherhood and 2 and Brotherhood. I hear people talking about Black Flag. And I hear people talking about Origins. And that's it. I do not hear people talking about any of the other games. Yeah, Unity lost At the time. Po- Syndicate might as well not I, yeah. exist. Uh, Rogue? Yeah. What what console was Rogue even on? <laughs> was that the mobile game? Because I know they made like two or three mobile game no, it, Assassin's Creed. I actually know. It was a PS3 game released after the PS4 had already come out. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like, I just, I don't hear about them. And on the rare occasion that I do hear about them, it is never positive. So, yeah. yeah that, I don't know what's going on. I mean, it... They, they, they they're, they're stuck in their past. Yeah, it's just they, they don't to, know how to, to innovate. And, and it's really showing, especially, um... Especially as other games with open worlds come out and they do it better. Like, it, yeah. the, the first Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm not excited anymore about the second one. But the first one uh, had a lot less of this bullshit. There weren't just bandit camps spread out across the world to, to waste your time. Uh, there, weren't, mm-hmm. there weren't just pointless collectibles everywhere. Uh, spoiler, Horizon Forbidden West adds pointless bandit camps everywhere and and pointless collectibles to waste your time um it's a it's an inferior game but the first one Mm -hmm. like like the first one kind of shone a light on the kind of design that goes into these games and, and how much of it is pointless bullshit and how how you can like have an open world and have everything in it have meaning yeah, and I haven't gotten my hands on it yet because GameStop is slow to deliver shit. But Elden Ring supposedly also like like completely changes the game on open worlds. Like as f- yeah. as far as everybody's talking about, it seems to be a th- a, a thing where, but like like why are we still doing the Ubisoft model of radio towers and bandit camps and and shit? Yeah. <sighs> okay. All right. Game facts. Well, what are we talking about today, John? We're talking about Skyline Attack. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, I've never heard of this. You've never heard of Skyline no. Attack? No. I mean... Skyline Attack is a 1983 side-scrolling shoot-'em-up developed by Argonaut Games for the Commodore 64. This is why I haven't heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Why do you keep pulling these obscure fucking Commodore 64 games out of nowhere? (laughs) Because they they have interesting history. That's why, like, shit nowadays... We can talk about Ubisoft games all we want. Uh, 
and and sure, there's some stories about the developers did this thing. It, Nothing interesting is happening in an Ubisoft. It's game. mostly just sexual U- abuse. <laughs> Ubisoft. Most games produced nowadays don't have interesting stories around them because they're just following the same rote production that every other game in the past 20 years has done well and also it's like all get like every if you look at the development process for any game produced in the last 20 years it's basically just the same and like all, all games are made the same nothing new is being made there's no leaps forward and and development styles or re- artistic style it's just they they're they're just making another game. You can switch out the name of the game, and it's gonna be the same story. <laughs> and, and you go back forty years, and people are fucking inventing things. That's cool. We do have people inventing things today. It just all happens yeah, in nothing. indie games. Triple A games are too big. They can't invent new shit. They have teams of 500 people working on shit. And, and and so no like one person ever gets the influence to be like, but what if we did this weird thing? Whereas for, you know, 40 years ago, you could you had teams of a person or three people developing a game that would be, that would sell gangbusters. You know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and so you you end up knowing more about them because then they go on to do interesting shit, and, and all of them had some kind of like significant influence on the game because there was just three dudes in a room creating this thing. Yeah, yeah. In Skyline Attack, you fly your plane with the screen scrolling both ways across realistic skylines from the world's major cities, defending them against alien invaders and collecting the occasional crystal to progress to the next city. Does that make this an open world game? No. Okay. (laughs) The developers for Skyline Attack were three of the top names in microcomputing, with Jez San and Fuad Khan both going on to co-found or be CEO for eight different companies. I'm sorry, Fuad, if I mispronounced your name. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Jez had some spotlight time making games for the C64, and was popular enough the Windows 95 port of Kicks was named Jez Ball in his honor. Nowadays, he just directs and produces games like Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, of just Hellblade. But probably one of his best achievements was creating the Super FX chip for Nintendo. That's right. Without Jez, we wouldn't have Star Fox. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, he invented 3D for the Super Nintendo. And, and actually, one of the things that he went on to do is, since he was so good at making 3D, he made the first 3D Game Boy game as well. What was that? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't... Uh, let me see if I can 
look it up real quick. Uh, X. Never heard of it. It's a 1992 space combat simulator. Um, it is really cool that he directed Hellblade, though. Like, like that makes him a pioneer of bringing back the double A game. He's like, but what if? <laughs> but what if every game didn't have to be an Ubisoft massive game? <laughs> yeah. What if we just made wow. a Ubi- game? Ubisoft's really getting a lot of mentions in this one. I mean, they suck. So. <laughs> It's pretty easy to just point to them and be like, don't be like this. Did you ever play Jez Ball? No. Okay. Uh, Did you you have a Windows 95? Uh, Probably not. I'm guessing that came out Uh, in 1995, in which I was a year old. uh, uh, Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I I had a Windows ninety five for quite a while, and then I had Windows ninety eight, and Jazz Ball was also on ninety eight. Um, uh, are you familiar with Kicks? No. Okay. I'm guessing it's this is some kind the... of a soccer game. No, 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 no. It's it's a game where there are balls bouncing around in a rectangular area, and you divide the area. Uh, with horizontal or vertical lines and um, you're trying to like each time you divide an area you capture quote unquote the area that the ball isn't in Um, so you're trying to capture as much space as possible without a ball in um, it by yeah by by carving out areas that the balls are in and if the ball touches one of the lines you're drawing then you you know the line breaks and you lose a life or yeah okay yeah it's it's actually a really fun game that i enjoy a lot but i liked jazz ball more (laughs) than kicks okay (laughs) i mean i thought they were the same game they are uh I don't know what it is. I always preferred Jezball. I I have kicks for the PlayStation One, kicks Neo, um, and I I just always preferred Jezball. I don't I don't know why. Hmm. Andrew Gleister was a good friend of the other two, playing and adminning the first ever Mud. And while he had to dip out of development halfway through, he still went on to work on many influential games, including Earthworm Jim, Gex, the Mecho Commander, the Mech Commander and Mech Warrior series, Asheron's Call, the third major MMORPG to be released, and Halo. That's a resume. Yeah. He worked on Gex? Yeah. Man! He worked on Gex. <laughs> Do you remember Gex? Uh, John, have you seen the newest H Bomber Guy episode or video? I mean, no. It's about it's no. about Deus Ex, um, and there's like an entire segment dedicated to the, talking about Gex. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, are you familiar with Muds? No, I'm not. Okay, I figured not, because uh, you're a little too young for that. 
but I grew up with muds. I just need uh, to remind everybody, to, uh, John is a year older than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, had lots more experience in that one year. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, a mud is a multi-user dungeon. Um, it's a uh, multiplayer, real-time, virtual world that is almost always text-based. And so, are you familiar with Zork? I feel like we've talked about Zork before. Okay. Well, it's kind of like Zork in that you, you type left and your character goes left to the, the left area. And you type attack or A and, and your character attacks. Except, instead of Zork, which is a scripted, storyboarded, you know, forced thing, uh, and it's one player... A mud is a world. It's it's like EverQuest, except everything is in text. This is Dungeons and Dragons on a computer. Uh I no no I I wouldn't say that because Dungeons and Dragons you have a GM or a DM officially for Dungeons and Dragons, but uh and and there isn't a dm in charge of this there's there's no dm making a story if you want to have a story you've got to role play it with characters like and you you can only control one like it's not a party game you are one player and you might join guilds with other players but i see it it, it really is it really is just world of warcraft except text based okay and uh, you didn't have to pay for it as well. Uh, <laughs> I I always played uh, New Moon was my mud, and it's still out there, and it's still active. And every once in a while I jump in and go, man, I loved this, and then I die really quickly, and then I go, oh, I'm going to go back to playing easy games. Right. <laughs> Let me go back to a game that's enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. But they, they actually... Uh, both um, Andrew Gleister and Fuad Katan and Jess San all played on the very first MUD, um, better known as SX MUD, and uh, it ran on the University of Essex network. And they became the first two. Um, Jez was the first, and Gleister was the Andrew Gleister was the second. Uh, wizards which was their their term for administrators that were non-university personnel <laughs> so they were the first outside wizards for mud okay i mean it's it's kind of a big step in um gaming was the the i mean they're massively multiplayer right i mean that's wild didn't exist before them. Yeah. I've not heard of Asheron's Call. I feel I feel like you get kind of buried in history when you're the third of something to come out. Okay, I can th see that makes me that tells me that you didn't read early Control Alt Delight Delete because oh no, I did not. Man, there were so many jokes about losing your life to Asheron's Call <laughs> <laughs> because that happened. Lots of people just dived straight in and then had to be ripped out because they would 
basically kill themselves by staying in front of their computer and not going outside. Yeah, the first MMO I remember being aware of is probably fucking RuneScape. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first first one I was aware of was EverQuest. Um, it was it was EverQuest and then Asheron's Call and then I learned about WoW and then I learned about Ultima Online, which is weird because that's like two three four one (laughs) (laughs) Uh. i I should also say i didn't get into games until i was like 12 so there's a lot of time where i was just the the extent of my gaming knowledge was the four games i had for my game boy color (laughs) yeah i mean i those were all just because i knew like th- those were like the elder brothers of my friends were playing EverQuest, and, right? Uh, or uh, my mom would make fun of people for playing EverQuest. Um, Your mom would make fun of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she would for having no life. Oh <laughs> uh, man, look at me now, mom. <laughs> Talking about Asheron's call on a podcast no one listens to. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Now, what's what is the uh, I guess RuneScape is the first uh MMORPG you played. Yeah. Um Does I mean like Adventure Quest doesn't count, but but does like Dragon Fable count? As what? An MMORPG. No. Okay. No, that's a single player game. Is yes. it? Or no, I'm thinking of AQ Worlds. Yeah, which we played one time as Does... a joke. No, no, no. You're thinking of AQ 3 Oh, okay. Then we didn't even play I'm, it as I'm... a joke. No, I, I mean I played AQ oh, Worlds. Okay. <laughs> um, that was a decision <laughs> and you yes, made. It is. It it is an MMORPG. Um. Uh. See, I don't know if AQ Worlds was the first MMORPG play uh, I played, or Dungeons and Dragons Online. Unless I'm just missing something, the those one of those would be first. I mean, anyways, those are both we can move those on. Are both bad choices that you made. <laughs> <laughs> While the game itself was very difficult, it is largely considered to be one of the best games on the Commodore sixty four. On top of that, it features the first, as far as Archimedes' research shows, known example of a loading screen game, Snake. Yeah, loading screen games. Snake. Where you're on a loading screen and you play a different game while your game's loading. I mean, that's a, that's a nice thing to include because in these older things, you just didn't have a choice but to have loading screens. Nowadays, you could not have loading screens, but Horizon Forbidden West still takes forever to load for some reason. (laughs) Uh, Well, see, it's because you're playing it on a PS4 and not on a PS5. It's not an excuse. Ghost of Tsushima has, like, no loading times, and it's on PS4. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a last-gen game, so... (laughs) A surprising rarity in gaming, loading screen games work by quick-loading a simple game for the player to enjoy, while the slow work of loading the full game or next level happens. 
Would the uh, yep. the corridors between areas in like Castlevania games count as a loading screen game? No. Okay. <laughs> and also, also, there's enemies in those. No, there's not. Like that's. Uh, I mean, in most of the not in the Castlevania games I have, there's there's not in the corridor that connects enemies areas. everywhere. It's just supposed to be a, like a, a short little area you walk through while the game loads the next one. Mm. I guess I haven't played many of those or much of those because most of the games I'm thinking of just there are enemies everywhere. <laughs> the best known example of this was the software Invadalode, developed by Richard Applin and featured on dozens of games in the late 80s which both sped up the loading of the cassettes while also providing a Space Invaders clone to fiddle with while you ate. With some reviewers mentioning they actually preferred the loading screen game to the game itself. That's a sign you made a bad game. Yeah, that's a, that's a big roast. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> I would rather be playing your yeah. loading screen than your game. Yeah. But yeah, this Invade Load was very popular because, you know, it was also a speed loader, so it helped load the game faster and gave you something to do because cassettes were slow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh, Cassette boy. games. Uh-huh. <laughs> games on tape. <laughs> In 1995, Yoichi Hay Hayashi of Namco Limited invented an optical disc variant instead of cassettes for their game Ridge Racer, which used a Galaxian loading screen game. And Namco then went and patented it, making further use of it outside of Namco's Tekken and other series impossible. Yep. Gotta love patenting things so that the entire rest of the industry can't use it. Does this mean... Isn't that great? Does this mean that for Elden Ring 2 uh, from software could possibly get uh, Ridge Racer into Elden Ring 2? <laughs> uh, they could if Elden Ring had loading screens. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no in 2015 their patent expired so far pretty much just EA sports games have utilized the concept with free kicks and quizzes yay EA yay fuck EA and that was just the facts yeah the, the thing about um uh, loading screen games is that they're they're really nice and cool um but also we live in an era where loading screens don't have to exist uh you can and yet they still do remove them almost entirely and when you think about it it's a choice the developers make of do I speed up the game and transitions between games or do I work on a loading screen game? Because <laughs> every every hour you spend working on a loading screen game is an hour you didn't spe uh, spend optimizing the game. Right. Or working on something else more valuable. So, like, 
the fact that Namco patented it was shitty. But it didn't really hurt the industry at all. Because <laughs> then people just had to say, okay, well, how do we decrease the amount of loading time? Yeah. yeah. And and honestly, that's just the route it should and, go. Although I, I, I do have to say I like the idea... I mean, I, I don't, I don't like EA in its current iteration of EA, but like I do like the idea with the EA sports games of you know you're playing FIFA and you're trying to load a game, so here's a a free kick little mini game like that. That's that's it's different from like here we're gonna throw Space Invaders into <laughs> the middle of this Indiana Jones game. Like that's dumb. Uh, I mean, it's nice because the cassettes just couldn't be faster. So, you know, you throw this little thing in so that you can fiddle around with it while you're waiting. Um, but, like, you know, at least this is, like, you're playing soccer, and then you're going to wait for the soccer game to load so you can play some soccer. Like, that, that I'm okay with that. I'd also be okay with foosball in between FIFA matches. That would be great. Um, the the NBA quizzes, mm, that's lazy. EA, you should have just made a better game. <laughs> <laughs> and Guerrilla yeah, Games of- should have worked on optimizing their games loading times instead of whatever the fuck Machine Strike is. <laughs> I refuse to ever learn what Machine Strike actually looks like. It is Horizon's version of Gwent, and I will never play it. Wow. I'm mad about Horizon Forbidden West. Apparently. I was excited for it, and then I played it, and I was like, ooh, this is fun, and then I played more of it, and then I'm like... Actually, this game sucks. I bet you could make a Machine Strike actual board game. I bet you you could. I would still never learn what it looks like. (laughs) In Uh, every town, there's someone you can play Machine Strike against. I do not play. (laughs) Okay. I played Gwent in Witcher 3. I did play Gwent. Gwent was fun. I don't care about Machine Strike. Because I can tell that it's just Gwent. It's just like, but what if we did the thing other open world games do? I like the idea of a world where it's it's an actual living world and there are games that people play inside of them. And I much appreciate uh, Machine Strike and Gwent for existing instead of people adding in Liar's Dice or Poker one more time. I like poker. I like Liar's Dice. But I much more like developers that actually make something different for their game. Like, come up with something in-world. I also do. I still won't play it. But yes, I understand. You, <sighs> you, they, they should, in general, make sure that their game is good before they work on something Machine else. Machine Strike. <laughs> yeah. I just can't. <laughs> 
Although, Machine Strike might be good. Maybe it is. Might be better than the game itself. I still won't find out. I mean, they made a Gwent uh, game, standalone game. And actually, I'll tell you that Machine Strike is not better than Horizon Forbidden West, because I see no one on Twitter talking about Machine Strike. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, when, when Witcher 3 came out, people were talking about Gwent. That was a thing people spoke about. Machine Strike is not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. I I guess we have to do the topic of the week. Yep, we do. Because you picked it. And I still don't know if this is what we should talk about, but it's the only thing on my mind... That we could talk about. I also don't know what you're talking about. So, in the past week, there's been a lot of... Okay, so this all, as everything, started on Twitter. And it started... Gross. It started because, like, um, someone was talking about Elden Ring's game design. And then actual developers of games like Horizon... And uh, some of Ubisoft's games commented on how Elden Ring had bad design. And this spiraled into a conversation about, like, how... Actually, no, y'all's games have bad design. I mean, true. And then that spiraled into people talking about... Uh, how Western RPGs are just better than Japanese RPGs. And then you saw uh, latent racism. Yeah. Because... I mean, that's that's all that is. I... I I mean, you give someone a place to talk and they'll show you that they, they are an ass. Yeah. Like that that's that's basically what Twitter is. Is it's a place for people to show that they're an ass. Um and you do it and I don't because I don't talk on Twitter. But if I did, I would also show that I'm an ass. Like <laughs> like that's that's just the way that this works. Um but like that that's the, all I can say about that, what you have written down, though, is the racism inherent to the WRPG versus JRPG debate. Is it just these asses on Twitter who are no saying that one is better than the other because, well, first of all, because they like it more or because they think that their country is better than other countries? Because I'm... I understand there are more countries in the world than just America <laughs> in the West. That the Western world is more than just America. But I also would not be surprised if the majority of the people saying that WRPGs are better than JRPGs were American because W means America. <laughs> so this actually but, kind of comes down to why we even classify games like this. Um, and and I feel like the classification itself comes down 
to kind of a racism and, and including so Elden Ring gets classified as a Japanese role-playing game purely because oh, it doesn't. purely because it is a role-playing game developed in Japan that is yeah no nobody 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 considers Elden Ring a JRPG but no one but so many people were that's the thing like this conversation happened on Twitter but the fact that so many people spoke about it this way on Twitter means that people in the real world think like this so, no like the for, so yes you're right people are are dumbasses <laughs> Uh, but like n- none of the Dark Souls games are JRPGs, not a single no. one of them. They're all Western RPGs. They've they've been designed that way from the beginning, and and every single gamer I've talked to that is familiar with the games considers it a WRPG. Well, actually, they don't. They just call it an. They RPG. just call it an RPG. That, I would say because is, it's not developed in the West. That yeah, that's that's a little bit of racism there in that there there WRPG is not a term that exists. That's it's it's never existed. There's RPGs and there are JRPGs. And and so there's a little bit of racism there, but that's that's nothing. Like that that's that's really insignificant. Um D- Dark Souls is an RPG. Yes. The, the the biggest difference I'd say is that JRPGs tell these epic stories and they're all about being epic. And as such, they've got big numbers and you've got, you know, groups of people that work together. Whereas RPGs are about choice. Like you play as one person, usually CRPGs with like parties do exist, but like you typically play as one person, you go through your one story and you get to branch out and do other things. Like Witcher is a RPG or you know, the when you think of that, that's typically what it is. Whereas JRPGs are are, you know, they they've got huge numbers. You do like ten billion damage with each attack, and and this weapon gives you a hundred billion damage with each attack. Like that's what JRPGs are typically known for. But like, I mean, even even still, that's there are JRPGs made here in America. Um. I'd say, in fact, there are more JRPGs being made in America than there are in Japan, because itch.io exists. Right. Uh, <laughs> the the indie scene is a lot bigger over here, and oh boy, are the indie scene is the indie scene just filled with weebs. But see, um, even that, like, we don't call Undertale a JRPG; we call it an indie RPG, even though. It is following the JRPG formula, like to a t- it's it's Earthbound, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but we don't call it l- what it is because we only consider games that come out of Japan to be JRPGs. I don't know. I've I've heard the games media call it a JRPG before. I I, w- I would need to see citation on that because I have never. 
I mean, they're usually videos where people are like, oh, it's it's, it's like a JRPG. But I, I... Also, I feel like a lot of people saying that... A lot of people who say that Elden Ring and isn't a JRPG are also saying that just because they like it. And so if they like it, it can't be a JRPG. Like... Yeah, but that that's a lot yeah. of it. That's a lot of people. Is this is a game that's good and that I enjoy, and so this has nothing in common with the games that I dislike and that I don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like that's it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure, people are racists and asses, but. Like the 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 JRPG has a definition, and the definition does not include coming from Japan, and it doesn't even include having anime characters or like no, <laughs> you don't you don't have to you don't have to have an anime aesthetic to. Um, I don't know why I'm doing actual air quotes with my hands while I'm doing this because you can't see that because it's an audio podcast, but I am. Um, like, it, it doesn't require that. Uh, like, it's just a genre. Yeah. Just like how Metroidvania games don't necessarily have to have Metroids or have Dracula in them. It's just a genre. And it's understood to be just a genre by the vast majority of people. A JRPG, I, I was looking, I pulled up this Screen Rant article of biggest differences oh, no. between a JRPG and a Western RPG, and, you know, they're, they're pretty Can you standard. link it? Um, I mean, no, no you don't need to. It's, <laughs> it's it, like I said, you, you wouldn't get anything out of it. <laughs> I mean, it is a Screen um, but, Rant article. Yeah. But one of the uh, related articles that it um, linked was Best Indie or GRPGs Not Actually Made by Japanese Studios. And it links three. And uh, they, you know, they're JRPGs. They, they don't even necessarily look the most anime. Although, you know, some of them do. But, you know, the, it's, it's not about the aesthetic of it it's it's about like you 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 know when you pick up a jrpg whether it's made by an english speaker and it's cringe because they write weeb bullshit japanese words in there just because they're weebs and they are cringe um (laughs) but like that's there is a genre difference between them and i don't that that's why I argue that there is no WRPG. First of all, because people don't use that term. <laughs> I disagree. There, there, people do not use WRPG. It's not a thing people see. It's just JRPGs and other, and JRPGs don't have to be made in Japan, and RPGs that are made in Japan 
are not necessarily JRPGs. I mean, I recognize one other kind of RPG, and that's CRPG. Yeah. Like, like, like computer RPGs are a thing, and they're their own genre. You know, Fallout and... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Shit, I forgot the name of Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Pillars of Eternity. Torment. Divinity Original Sin. Uh, Planescape would be the... No, I was talking there. about Torment Tides um, of Numenara. Oh. Which is the... I thought you were talking about Planescape No, Torment. I was talking about its spiritual successor. Uh, yeah, Neverwinter Nights. Icewind um, Dale. Honestly, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, like those are their own thing. Yeah. So that's another kind of RPG. But I will also see those get lumped into fucking Western RPG also. Yeah. Even though... They're not. For sure not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's one of the places where, uh, okay, white people made this, so it's Western. Yeah. Well, again, I don't see people talking about <laughs> Western RPGs. I do. I do. Maybe it's just because I'm yeah, terminally online. <laughs> you are. You are. And, and you, you, you are on Twitter way too much. Probably. Uh, honest, honestly, as a friend... <laughs> You should probably delete your Twitter I have account. multiple times, and then I keep fucking bringing it back for no reason. All I do is tweet about Lost. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You do. <laughs> <laughs> you do, and it's a problem. But, like, this... The, here. Coming to you as a friend. And this is an intervention. <laughs> you need to get off of Twitter. Because I doomscroll all the time. <laughs> You're, you're just doom scrolling and it's hard <laughs> because like doom scrolling is terrible for your mental health. It is health. and I already have bad mental health. Yeah and, and as someone who has bad mental health you gotta stop it. Like, like I know I've got bad mental health and that's why I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> like I, I have trouble doom scrolling reddit. And that's weird because you can't really doom scroll Reddit. I don't even. Sometimes you can. I've posted on Reddit only the fucking like like when I was trying to get people to watch the show. But I have looked at Reddit, yeah. and I don't even know how people like navigate this site. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if you want help, I can. I help don't. You, but I, I don't need another site I can navigate. You know. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. Uh, but yeah, like, Reddit, or not Reddit, uh, Twitter is is not good. No, it's very bad, actually, uh, everything about it's, it. It's, it's pretty awful, and, like, it's, as I said, like, it's just a place for people to show that they're asses. Yeah. It, that, that's, that's, and, and everyone has an opinion, and they all stink. Yes. Like every single one of them. Every single the good ones, they're they're people that are like saying things that I agree with, but they're being asses by saying it. And then there's the bad ones, and well, I mean, they're just asses. It's just a bunch of asses. And you don't need to be surrounded by that. <laughs> but like 
every this. day, every day, there's something new on Twitter, and it's just like, what? People think this? You can't actually think. You're thinking this because it's it, it makes you unique or whatever. Like, this guy. While Return of the Jedi is easily the worst of the original trilogy, perhaps even the worst of one through six, the Scout Trooper gear was one of the hardest level Gosh. ups in the franchise. What? <laughs> that's that's a take. <laughs> that that's definitely a take. I I mean, and I'll. I was with him for a bit. <laughs> I think it might be the worst of the first three that. Came I don't out. even think I, I. I mean, I think it's my. It's my I, favorite movie of Star Wars. Th- that's that's yeah. fine. I think I think the first movie is probably the best. I think Episode Four is probably the best. It it sets up the story well. It finishes it, and it's good. It's done. It would be perfect as a standalone yes. movie because hey, guess what. It was perfect as a standalone movie. It's not Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. It's Star Wars. Star Wars. The original name for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think that four is the best. It is a clean, in and out, clear cut Star Wars. It's movie. definitely the one that stands alone the best. You're right. And then you had Empire Strikes Back, which everyone says is the best Star Wars movie, and I disagree. But I will say that. As from cinematically, it is one of the best that they made. Like it's it's a really well put together movie that piggybacks off of Star Wars: A New Hope really well. <laughs> but it it's building off of A New Hope. That's why I'd say it's second. The third one, I mean, you got the Ewok cash in and like it's. I like the Ewoks. But I uh, I do too. And I'm not saying that Return of the Jedi is a bad movie. I really like it. It's a really good movie. But I will say it might be the worst of the first three that came out. But again, that's fine. Yeah. It's still a great movie. I'm not saying that you like the worst movie. I'm saying... It's a great movie. I like it too. It might not be the best. The take the take becomes rancid when he says the worst of one <laughs> yeah. through six. <coughs> yeah. Now I will say three is one of my favorite. Three movies is amazing. Of all time. Revenge of the Sith. Three is an a fantastic. That's movie. where Hayden Christensen like really nailed the role. That's that's the one. Uh huh. Like. But all of Hayden Christensen's shit comes from Attack of the Clones, which is the worst one. Yeah. Inarguably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I, yes. It, oh, the worst one for uh, the, the reasons that uh, nobody could say no to uh, George Lucas. Um, <laughs> because I think that everyone did their job in Attack of the Clones perfectly. I, I think that the story was written... In a way that doesn't really work Star Wars-y. Like, it would have been a great other movie. Because it's a coming-of-age, really cringe love story. And guess what? I- I've I've been there. I-, I grew up, and I remember being a really cringe teenager who was in love. I mean, not actually in love, because I didn't know what that meant at that time. Uh, but I felt the way that they portray Anakin. 
and they did a bang on job. He is such a cringy teenager. <laughs> he he got it. He nailed it. Perfect. Molte belle. It's flawless. It's just you don't want to see the dude who becomes Darth Vader look like that. (laughs) I just don't want to see it. But as an actor, that is flawless acting. He might be one of the best actors of all time for doing such an awful job as a teenager. That's that's uh... he he nailed. No, I'm I'm being I'm being serious here. He did everything. An incredible job at a terrible thing. Uh, I just think that maybe someone should have told George Lucas, we don't want to remember that. Time. <laughs> <laughs> that was not fun. Let's not go through it this again. This isn't the part of Anakin um, Skywalker anybody wants to see. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's way cooler things they could have done. I mean, focus on the second half. Yep, more time spent with (laughs) Obi-Wan. Yes, with Jesus. Because that's the actual good part of the movie. If you just cut it down to the Obi-Wan Kenobi half of of Attack of the Clones, no one would have a problem with it. No. Space Jesus. (laughs) And he does look like... I love the pictures of, uh, like, I gave my mom this picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi and she prays to it every day because it looks like Jesus. Film Film noir space Jesus. It's great. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. But yeah, like no, you can't say that that episode 6 is the worst Star Wars of the first 6 movies. When episode 2 no. exists. Episode 2 <laughs> exists and is way worse than that. I still I still like episode 2. But I recognize that it is the worst of the 6 movies. Easily. Yeah, as, as like, someone who like, like that's not even a, a year or two an ago, arguable thing. Like a year or two ago, I watched through the first six again, and I didn't hate Attack of the Clones. Same, but I didn't yeah. love it either. There was nothing in it that made me like, oh yeah, that's so cool. Every single other movie in those first six has something like that that just like blows your mm-hmm. mind. Like they did this. This is so cool. Like, even even mm-hmm. episode one has, like, the fight against Darth Maul and pod racing. And the pod <laughs> racing, yeah. <laughs> like And even, like, the, the droid yeah. battle near the end of the movie. Like, those are all really cool things. Yeah. And Revenge of the Sith has Anakin murdering children. And, and <laughs> like, Mace... And it's hard not to and, laugh. And uh, Mace Windu getting fucking destroyed. And... <laughs> Like, those are cool. Those are cool. (laughs) All of the first Star Wars. Really cool. Empire Strikes Back has fucking Han getting frozen in carbonite or whatever. And uh, the the space worm on the asteroid. And the entire battle of Yeah, and the walkers. Yeah. Yeah. And And Yoda. Like, like, weird puppet dude. Yeah. Return of the Jedi has, like, the un... Just the the look of the unfinished death star it's it's yeah. more terrifying than the original death star that's the version of the death star yeah, that, that lives in my head is the unfinished one yeah the, yeah and the tatooine stuff is yes. cool every every like, single moment of tatooine is amazing yeah 
indoor is a little weird. It does get weird, but it's still fun. It's oh yeah, no. Like I said, I enjoy it. I I don't have anything negative I can say about Return of the Jedi. I just don't think it's as good as the Ewoks others. ripping. There's nothing wrong. Ewoks with it. ripping stormtroopers out of the top of walkers. Is it's great. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, we we got a really good Chewbacca in that. Like I think Chewbacca really excels in that movie over the others. He definitely has more um, to do. Yeah. But like in the cuz like in the first one he doesn't really do anything. Yeah, he's just kind of there. He's the buddy. Lately, he's the buddy yeah. in the buddy cop dynamic of, of Han Solo Episode, and Chewbacca. Yeah. And then episode five, he's he's sort of just there to carry C three PO around, which is a downside because C three PO sucks. Yeah, it, um, in every, I I feel like there's this impression that C three PO gets lame in the prequels. No, no. Well, I I agree. There is an impression of that, but they're from stupid people <laughs> who doesn't don't know that he was always yeah, he lame. always sucked. C three PO, the C three PO is only cool. In the Tatooine section of Return of the Jedi. That's the only time. He's great in that moment. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I can agree with that. And Uh, that's the only time. (laughs) Sorry, Anthony Daniels. I don't like your character. It's it's nothing on him. It's that the character is designed to suck. I don't think there's anything wrong with C-3PO as a character... He he's yeah. what he's supposed to be an annoying know-it-all robot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's good. He's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and also, R two D two is just cute. That's it. R two D. Yes. <laughs> well, R two D two is just cute until uh, episode two when he becomes a badass. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, wait, what the fuck? He's got rockets on his boots? Like, <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> this <shit>. ever. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. But but other than that, R2-D2 is really just cute, and that's the only reason people like him, because otherwise he's just as annoying as C-3PO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although he doesn't, he's not as annoying like he doesn't do much to. Well, be that's annoyed. because he doesn't speak words. He beeps and boops, and yeah. that's why he's cute. But if yeah. he spoke words, he would be equally as annoying. John, why do we do the topic of the week? I don't know. I feel like we just don't have topics anymore. the The topic of this week is uh, delete. <laughs> um. And, and and just remember, delete Twitter, and if you're looking at the news, remember that you honestly can't affect it. You you as a person have no ability to affect what's happening in the world. Um, so, uh... So, organize you know, a general strike out of shape and about it. let's shut down America. Yeah, like, you can, you can work together to do things, but you as a person cannot affect anything in the world and as much as twitter thinks it's going to happen one day they are not where a general strike is going to be organized no (laughs) no 
But like, if if you see something and you're stressing out about it, stop because you can't do anything to change it. You need to be in the right place. And and this, hey, stress out about this. If you see something, make sure you're in the right place. You don't don't be out there trying to to do something and get yourself into a tizzy if you can't do that. Make sure you're in the right place so that when the time comes for you to do something, you are able to do it. Don't be stressing about, you know, following every last thing and and being there at the right time. Relax. Make sure that you're in order so that when it's time, you can go out there and help. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that was a podcast. Now we definitely filled up the time with Star Wars. Now I'm, I'm having a crisis now, though. (laughs) You're trying to decide whether or not to delete Twitter. (laughs) Uh, uh, I mean, I just did uh, delete the bookmark uh, on my on my uh, thing, and we'll see how long that lasts. You know. But okay. no, the the crisis I'm having is we really just don't have topic of the weeks anymore. Like even that last one, I was just like, this is the only thing I can think of to talk about. <laughs> I didn't yeah. have that much to say about it. Yeah. I was much um, more interested in talking well. about Star Wars, which is <laughs> not the first time that's happened on this podcast. Within the last yeah. two months, <laughs> uh, it just—you know—it might be season three. We might have to revamp the the podcast again. We might need to do something new. Okay, I'm I'm okay with doing something new. Although uh, that's on you. I've already got too much work that I do for the podcast, and clearly you're not editing. So. <laughs> Uh, I just didn't edit the trailer. I did listen all the way through that last episode we did. Yeah. Okay. I bet my audio was trash. Probably. Because there was no in-between. Hmm. I'm hoping that my audio is going to be better now. So. But I also just can't help the quality of your audio. Yeah. I mean, you can give me notes on it. Well, the thing is, I don't know what you're hearing that's bad about it. Oh, I sounded tinny as fuck. And peaking constantly, and yeah. I see. Compressed? Well, I mean, the the podcast as a whole is compressed. Well, yeah. But uh, there's a difference between your clear voice and then uh, the shit that my voice was. Which is wild, because I'm sure you have a better microphone than I do. And probably a better setup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I have like fact. a $30 fucking desktop microphone. And no, uh, like, soundproofing in my room. Yeah, my room could definitely be more soundproofed. But it's not an echoing issue for me. Especially with, with gating and... Um, noise reduction so So i guess i'll think of something new we can do instead of topic of the week 
and and okay. I'll I'll listen through your audio from last week at some point, and I'll try and tell you what was happening. Because I was listening to it, but I was mostly uh, li- like listening in the background, and I wasn't paying that much attention to like the quality of it. Yeah, just just listen to a little bit of last week's, and then listen to this week's, and and tell me if I'm moving in the right direction and any notes All I should right. take. Yeah, I'll do that at some point um, this week. So, um, what are you looking forward to for next week? Um, well, when my girlfriend gets back with the switch because she took the switch. I have Rune Factory 5 that's been delivered to my door. Ooh. So I'm excited to get into that. And at some point, at some point this week, GameStop is supposed to deliver Elden Ring to me. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm excited about both of those. Yeah. That's good. And I'm excited to watch more Lost because Lost just keeps getting more and more interesting. <laughs> Even as they kill off all of my favorite characters. Because all of the characters yeah. in the first three seasons that w- were, like, my favorite are dead now. <laughs> Every single one of them. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... I actually cried when they killed I'm Charlie. Ex- I was so sad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for, uh more Sword Art Online because we just finished Gun Gale Online and we started Alicization. Are you still doing your rewatch? Uh-huh. Well, so Kristen had never seen, my wife, had never seen my wife. Um, Gun Gale Online. Or not Gun Gale. Um, yes, Gun Gale. The Sword Art Online alternative. Oh, that's the best Sword Art Online. Which is which is what I want. It it is really good. And and all right, so we'll take a quick aside for this. <laughs> I need I need anime makers to understand something. You can just make more with a group of people without there being like death threats and stuff on the line. Like I will watch another season of Gun Gale Sword Online Alternative. If you just just include the characters and have them play through another squad jam, like mix mix and match the characters, maybe have the the top four group work together this time, and and then just go. Like, I there, nobody has to be dying. There doesn't have to be some secret plot behind the scenes. I'm okay with just watching awesome shit happening. Make it a shonen. I'm okay with that. Isn't there a isn't there a book version of Sword Art Online alternative? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. There is. Yeah, there is. Oh. Okay. And I I think it does progress past that point. Like there's five volumes and volume 4 is the third squad jam. Yeah, okay. like the books, the books That's do cool. go past where the uh, the anime ended. I think they just they either didn't get the funding to do more, or they just felt like that was all they really needed to do for the anime. Yeah. Okay. There's a uh, Gun Gale Online one, Gun Gale Online two, 
Line three, second squad jam, finish. Um, Fourth squad jam, part one. Yeah, third squad jam. Okay, 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 cool. Yeah, fourth squad jam, part three. I guess the fourth one goes on for a while. Yeah, so the books books continue. Then there's something else that I'm very confused about, because while I was looking this up right now, I found out that there's Sword Art Online alternative Clover's Regret. Who is Clover? Uh... This looks like it's potentially doesn't have, um... Kirito in it at well, all. I mean, neither does Gun Gale alternative. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's so good, is because they, they just left Kirito out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, I'm on the uh, Sword Art Online fandom wiki, and it has some information, but, like, if you click any of the characters, it won't actually take you to anywhere. Huh. Um. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> it takes place in the Asuka Empire. What? Uh, was the second ranked game in terms of concurrent users in 2024, losing only to ALO. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. And, like, none of the characters appear to be... Is this... Characters anyone knows anything about. It doesn't take place in a game anybody knows. It doesn't take place with any characters anybody knows. How is this still Sword Art Online? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Because, like... the Gun Gale uh, stuff is called alternative because it's like an alternative story to Kirito's. Yeah, it's Sword Art Online alternative Gun Gale Online. So it's like, cool, it's Gun Gale Online. We know about that. These are things that are happening in that world. This is Sword Art Online alternative Clover's Regret. Like, I don't... I don't know what that means. <laughs> And apparently there's two volumes? Three vol- three, three volumes? Uh, yep. There are three volumes. Uh, Last one came out in 2018. And... As we know, that's the three-volume curse. That's a... <laughs> I have no idea... That's called your book didn't put out numbers, so goodbye. Uh, let's see, Clover's Regret. Let's see if it's on Amazon at all. Um, <laughs> nope. The first volume of a light novel spin-off series written by Watas- Watase Soichiro. Illustrated by Ginta and supervised by Reki Kawahara. This volume is a Tenkaban version of the Clover's Regret story that was serialized 
Dengeki Bungo is part of the... A long Asuka Empire, a long-living Japanese-style VR MMO game that started service in the midst of the SAO incident. It's bold. This game, where Yuki, Ran, and the others <laughs> formed the Sleeping Knights Guild, also had a hidden story. Do you know who Yuki and Ran are? Or the Sleeping Knights Guild? Okay, okay. Those are the the people who die. The second half of the of Sword Art Online two, the Asuna focused oh, arc. Okay, with the the girl who uh, spoilers, uh, the girl who's going to die from like, oh she she's got AIDS and she's going oh, to is die. Oh, that that storyline? So I yes. see. Yuki Yuki is the girl who has AIDS. I don't know who Ran is, but I'm assuming one of the other kids who are going to die. The Battle Miko Nayata and the Ninja Koyumi, the two girls who met in Asuka Empire by chance and became friends encountered a strange priest in-game. The elderly priest wished to request help from a detective to solve a certain quest, and he planned to pay one million yen for the job. <laughs> yeah, it's just wow. like, this game that characters did play but we never saw played what if we told yeah. a story in that game involving none of the characters yeah apparently it didn't do good enough to uh <laughs> get get made in english because it it does not have an english i can't release. imagine why It's almost, it's almost like this has no fucking demographic. Like, <laughs> no yeah. audience. There's no audience for this. Why would you make this? All right. I'll, I'll, alternative Gungale Online has 12 books Jesus. already. It goes, it goes partway through the fifth squad jam. I imagine that there's another book after that finishes the fifth squad jam. Uh, it only has ten that are released in English so far, um, but the rest will probably, which is not surprising. The last, yeah, the last one was November 9th of last year, so yeah, like it, they're they're yeah. working on it. It just might be like a <laughs> six month or something release schedule instead of the three month that mm-hmm. others like to do. Yeah, and then we've gotten eight sort of online progressives so far. Fantastic. Well, that does not go far and enough to be worth it. <laughs> Twenty-six um Sword Art Online light novels. Most of which are Alicization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, how many there's there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, less than half. Oh, I thought it was like 16. <laughs> no, it's only... It's only... Uh, it's, uh... 9 through 16. Oh, okay. No, 9, nine, nine through 18. My bad. That's why what, that's what I was thinking. It was something like that. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> man. You have fun with that. <laughs> 
Alicization will. will go on will. forever. <laughs> yeah. At least they finished the anime for it. I cannot believe they made this fucking Clover's Regret thing, though. Yeah, no, I no idea what they're doing with that. <laughs> At all. It makes Insanity. no sense. Uh, Alright, so, um, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully it's better this week, because hopefully my audio is better this week, and... Uh, it's not unlistenable to. Um, just in time for season three, the best season to join into. Everyone knows that the third season is always the best. Um, if it would, it would really make our day if you would leave us a review and or um, rate us. We'd, we'd appreciate five stars, but we'll take even one. I think the third season of Buffy is actually the best season of Buffy. So, yes. See, I told you, everyone knows the third season's the best. Uh, if you could share this, share this with someone who used Windows 95. Season three of Lost kind of goes on for a while, though, and nothing much happens. Like It could, it could have been cut by a few yeah. episodes and nothing would have changed. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.